show. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Three o'clock hours of Burns and Gambo show. Happy Monday to you. Live from the Auction Community Studios. Phoenix Suns going into tonight's game against the Utah Jazz. Still in fourth. Still with the narrowest of margins. Just one game in the lost column over the LA Clippers. We'll get into some general NBA a little bit later. Tell you everything that happened with Kawhi last night and around the NBA this weekend. But uh, the Suns are hanging in there, Gambo, with uh, staying at fourth in the And again, not that just to make sure we put this in its proper place. You and I are both very clear about this, very much on the record about this. As long as you're not seven, we don't really care where the Suns end up. It doesn't, as long as you're healthy, it doesn't really matter. Um, you'd rather be home than not, but it doesn't really matter when it's all team seven. with the highest ceiling is the Suns because of Durant. The Clippers don't have a ceiling as high as the Suns. Neither does Golden State. They could get Wiggins back, and that would be big for them. Uh, but the Clippers are not playing well. They're not playing well. Golden State's not playing well. I mean, you watch these teams play, and you you look at the Suns, and I know people may be saying the same thing about the Suns. Well, well look at the Suns, but you know, clearly a different team without Durant. Um, I don't know that I don't know that I fear any of these teams behind the Phoenix Suns at this point. No, I don't know if I do either. Like I said, we'll talk a little bit more about the NBA coming up in a little bit. As far as tonight for the Suns go, with this one game lead in the loss column for fourth in the West, they're in Utah taking on a Jazz team that that after putting after fighting the good fight for most of the season, maybe they're starting their fade a little bit. Right, well, that's what they wanted. Yeah, you know? ultimately that's they're going to they, get where they want to go. That's what they wanted. They wanted to be in the lottery. They're going to be in the lottery. They never expected the team to play so well when they came out of the gates, but they did. Uh, but they still traded players, but uh, they weren't expecting Larry Market to play as well as he did. And um, But they you know, they struggled. Colin Sexton's been out for about 12 games right now. He's hoping to come back, but he's had a hamstring injury. He's missed 13 games, but he's trying to get back at some point. They've just, they've, they, they've struggled with injuries. There's nine games left in the regular season. Their goal was to be in the lottery, but have a, hot, a, a better chance at Wembayama, they'll be in the lottery. This is not going to be a playoff team. Yeah, for tonight's game, you mentioned Sexton. He's been ruled out. Rudy Gay has been ruled out. Jordan Clarkson has been ruled out. None of them will play. Larry Markinen with a hand contusion was listed as questionable for tonight's game. He didn't play in the Jazz's game over the weekend. The big news for the Suns is look, we can sit here and say we don't care about seeding, and we mostly don't. What we care about is getting everybody back healthy. That's the most important part, but we do also care about getting everybody back healthy to give yourself time to really ramp this thing up for the postseason and see how all the pieces fit. The Suns have been deprived of that. Starting tonight and maybe reinforced on Wednesday, things are going to change. DeAndre Ayton is listed as probable for tonight's game against the Utah Jazz. He's missed the last three with that hip contusion. It certainly hasn't helped the games that they've lost where they've been missing him. I I think you could see that he might have made a difference in a couple of those. The Lakers game, I think he would have. Certainly against Oklahoma City, I think he would have. If he can come back tonight and Kevin Durant can come back Wednesday and everybody, here's the key, can stay back then you can start to see what this team might look like and get some runway going into the postseason. Yeah, 
they're going to be one of, you know, when you get to the playoffs and you see the starting five for the Phoenix Suns, I mean, that's going to be right up there amongst the leaders in the history of the NBA of a starting fives with the least amount of playing time together. I mean, it just is because of, you know, the Durant thing, especially, but there's not going to be, I don't know if there, there is a starting five that's going to have less experience playing together than what Phoenix, uh, what Phoenix has. What does it mean? Probably not a whole lot because of Durant's, you know, ability to be adaptable as we talk about all the time. The other guys kind of adapt to him. He doesn't have to adapt to them, but as many games as they could get, if it's three, if it's four, if it's five, if it's six, I'm sure that they feel that that's an advantage for them. Yeah, I would think so. And the more time they can get together, the better. I think uh, Laurie Markkinen is playing tonight from oh, is he? Aaron. Okay. Yeah. Just got a message. So I'm expecting that Laurie Markkinen is going to play tonight for the Jazz. Okay, yeah. He was listed as questionable going into that game if he plays. And then we'll see if we can get uh, if we can find out about DeAndre Ayton before we get into that game tonight. It's a little bit of an early start, a 6 o'clock start with a 5.30 tip time here. Um, and then we'll see. We'll all collectively hold our breath and hope and wait for Wednesday, which has kind of been the reported day for Kevin Durant to maybe make his return. Nothing's been confirmed by the team. It's a Sham Sharania report. He's the one who put that out there. Maybe Wednesday is the day for Kevin Durant against Minnesota. And then, like I say, they can get this ramp up together and, and get it moving. Speaking of Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. He's very sensitive. Great player. He's part of that generation who think he can't be criticized. He's never looked in the mirror and says, man, was that a fair criticism? We're in agreement. Today's players are a little more sensitive to criticism than your That generation. would be an understatement. It was Charles Barkley on CBS's 60 Minutes Did you watch night. any of that? No, I didn't. I actually watched some of it. He was very, very mad at his Spanish teacher for keeping him out of, being, of graduating high school. <laughs> still holds the grudge. Spanish. He still remembers her name. Flunked out of like Spanish and wasn't able to had to go to summer school. So he watched the graduation from like the the, the top of the uh, the bleachers at the football stadium because he failed summer school. Did he say her name on the air? He said her name on the air. Oh wow! See, I hold a grudge against the teacher who kept me out of the National Honor Society in high school. I won't say her name. You Did he also point out who he cheated off of in that Spanish class? <laughs> uh, yeah, he failed. So whoever he cheated off of wasn't good enough. Wasn't as good as Gina Ficarra. That's Still, for sure. Exactly. If he had had a Gina Ficarra, he's he's on the field with. Solid C minus student. Solid C minus. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't watch it. I I made a mental. They kept. They promoted the hell out of it yesterday during the Final Four stuff, and I made a mental note to watch it, but I never did. Um, Kevin Durant on Twitter. This ain't getting tiring, Chuck. I'll never respect the words that come out of your mouth, fam. Just deal with it. They don't like each other. I mean, Durant is. He's outspoken. He's well known for all of his burner accounts that he uses to defend himself. And, um, you know, so I, I and he got caught. He got caught with all the burner accounts. So he is a sensitive player. I don't think I think that's fair. I think Kevin Durant's a sensitive player and a sensitive guy. I think he cares about what people say about him. And, you know, it's and, and a lot of people do. I mean, it's hard to like turn to turn that off. You know, you if you're in the public eye and people criticize you and you don't think it's justified, you're always like, seriously, really? Like, mm-hmm. you know, Kevin Durant's one of the best players that's ever played this game. And he's dealt with a lot of criticism. And he's probably like, I don't get it. Like, I've got two 
two rings. Uh, I only I, I I I got that off of Stephen Clay's back. It wasn't me. I didn't do anything. I keep chasing her. So he's always been the guy that's been criticized. Um, the Westbrook thing was always fascinating with the burner accounts. Oh sure, you know that stuff was amazing. He oh. had like six different burner accounts. So. Um, Barkley calls it like he sees it. It's why people like him. It's why he's so popular. I don't think you're going to win. Even though Barkley's last playing days was so long ago, he's always been in the public eye. well-liked and respected for everything that he says. And I don't know that you're going to win any battle with that. Like, I just don't know that you're going to win a battle with Charles Barkley. You might win one against Shaq or Kenny, but probably not against Barkley because of his popularity. Uh, Especially if, to your point, there's, like, evidence that kind of backs up Charles Barkley's point. You know, the burner accounts and the Twitter stuff and and everything that's been said and and all of that. Now, Kevin Durant and Mitch, maybe you can find it before we have to take a break. The soundbite that he had from a podcast like a month ago where he said, so in Charles Barkley's mind, I have to go win a championship with Scoot Henderson in order to validate my existence or something like that, you know, like, and I thought that was a good comeback, like, because that's Chuck's whole thing against against Durant is he just didn't like the way he kind of rode on the coattails of Golden State to win those rings, and that he needs to win well, one mean, without those guys to prove to the older guard that he's still, that he is the guy, and he's the man, and can be a man. Would Barkley have felt that way if, if Houston would have won a championship when he was riding the coattails of Hakeem and, and Drexler? Look, I, I that's always I love Chuck and I love you say how outspoken he is and he is he sa- he sees something and he says it no matter the ramifications and I like that it makes him a what a great TV personality but on this one he's a little bit of a hypocrite he did go ring chasing with Houston with a bunch of stars at the end of his career right yeah he did and he, did. And, and he left off Austin- Pippen on that team yeah he was Pippen was on that team right yeah. Yeah, he went chasing. Eventually, he was on those teams. Yeah. Hey, he Malone, hey, listen, Stockton and Malone did it. Didn't Malone go to the Lakers and yes, try to did. win? Gary Payton went to the, went to like, the that, Lakers. That's, it happens. Yeah. Like, guys, you know, at the end of your career, you don't have one. You're like, I'd rather, I'd rather have one and people criticize me for jumping on this team than not have one at all. Not a perfect world is Kevin Durant. Is he just best off to let it pass? Not Because he, when he responds, all he does is give it another round of attention, right? Yeah. When he responds, all he does is shine a light on it. Would be better off not saying anything about it. This, this was fame. This was famous. KD had these secret accounts and he would defend himself. And one time he forgot to switch when he was replying. So one guy's like, KD, man, I respect the hell out of you, but give me one legitimate reason for leaving OKC other than getting a championship. So Kevin Durant replied, but forgot that he wasn't on his burner account. He didn't like the organization of playing for Billy Donovan. His roster wasn't that good. It was just him and Russ. But he actually posted that as himself because he forgot to switch the account. Yeah, no, I I remember it. I remember it very well. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, could the Arizona Cardinals be very active on draft day? We'll explain what we mean by that coming up on the Burns and Gambo show. Burns and Gambo, Arizona sports, the local sports leader. Back here with you on the Burns and Gambo Show, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Cardinals, another signing over the weekend. I'm sure Gambo will be very excited about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> another linebacker. It linebacker is, okay. you. Okay, seriously. Yeah. I, I mean, okay, I get it. It's not a name to get all super excited about. Chris Barnes from the Green Bay Packers. Uh, undrafted free agent out of UCLA a couple of years ago. Spent his first three seasons with Green Bay. Three sacks, four passes, defense. He suffered an ankle injury last year. He only played six games. What's interesting to me is that he's a 
another inside linebacker. They, they, they keep signing inside linebackers because you're white. Um, Barnes, Josh Woods. Now, Woods is a more of a special teams guy than he is an inside linebacker. I, I totally get that. And Barnes played some special teams. And he did, too. Yeah, he, he did, too. a bunch of snaps at special teams. But it does make you wonder. If we're going to hit zoom out and look at the signing, all right, it does make you wonder what the plan is with Isaiah Simmons. Because it, it, it seems like they're kind of stocking up on off-the-ball inside linebackers, and it makes you wonder, what is Isaiah Simmons' future with the organization? Not that he doesn't have one, just that he might have one in a position that's not as an off-the-ball linebacker. Because, man, they just keep adding them and adding them and adding them. I, I don't feel the same way about Zayvon Collins. Maybe I should, but I do wonder what the plan is for those two guys because they keep signing inside linebackers. What does this mean for Isaiah? Well, I, it, they have not made a decision yet on his fifth year option. May 1st is the deadline. So you're running out of time. Yep. We're so you've got about five weeks to yep. decide if you're going to pick up that 50 year option on Isaiah Simmons. So they have not done it as uh, it's, you know, one of the big questions in the offseason is what were they going to do about Isaiah's 50 year option? And you got a new general manager and Monty Austin Ford and, um, you know, they haven't made a decision yet. So we'll see. I think, you know, I, that will be telling because they've let go of Zach Allen, they let go of Byron Murphy. I mean, are they, get a, are they going to let go of all the players that were drafted by the previous regime? Are they going to get to that point? Outside of a couple, we, you know, we're going to get rid of these guys? Yeah. Because that fifth-year option would guarantee Isaiah Simmons a lot of money. But you're right. They keep adding a bunch of linebackers. Do they, are they not going to pick up that fifth-year option? I, and that, you know what, I'm, you took it that direction. I wasn't even thinking about that. But i got to admit, that is part of this equation. What are they going to do with the fifth-year option? I was just more thinking of, or is there is a position change, more of a permanent position change safety. for Isaiah? Is it going to be safety? Yeah. Is he going to be an off the, you know, an edge rusher? Is he big enough to be an edge rusher? Does he have the body type to be one? There's been some questions about that. Is he a slot corner? Is he a safety? Is he because it does it feels like using him as an off the ball inside linebacker, they, they keep signing him. And, and so I'm more intrigued by functionally how they use Isaiah Simmons next year. But I, I suppose you're right. There's a larger question to be had here about Isaiah and whether that fifth year option is picked up and, and what they would do with them. In a nutshell, they've been very quiet in free agency. They've they have not done very much. It's been kind of a disaster when you if you're thinking about the Cardinals in terms of winning now if you think about it in terms of hey they don't want to spend a lot of money on players they're going to re, you know they're going to rebuild this year they're going to take it on the chin they're going to another top five pick I'm on board with that like I'm on board with, it was the Rams uh owner was it the owner of the GM last week that came out and COO chief the operating COO, officer okay yeah. came out and basically said look here's where we're at you know we we invested a lot now but we're gonna, we're not going to do that this time you know the Cardinals are doing that they haven't told everybody what their plans are but if you just look at it and like you said actions speak louder than words the Cardinals have been very inactive that would lend you to believe that the Arizona Cardinals are not trying to win this year. Yeah, no, it, it would. And how they spin it and how they sell it, I can't wait to hear. I really can't because that that letter from the Rams. Now, I was reading some stories about that letter from the Rams over the weekend, and some people in L.A. are like, come on, man. Because in the same letter, he says, we're, we're going to try to win the Super Bowl in 2023. And Rams fans be like, "Yeah, no, you're not. No, you're not. You're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. You, you don't have a roster good enough to win the Super Bowl. So even Rams fans are kind of rolling their eyes about that one a little bit. But based off of how the Rams kind of presented their situation to your point,
point. I'll be really curious the next time Monty Austin Ford's behind a microphone or Jonathan Gannon or, or, or Michael Bidwell, how, what's, what's the hook, right? What's the angle? What's the pitch? How do they, how do they kind of talk about what their plans are this offseason? Because it certainly seems like that's the situation they're in. All right, mock drafts. Let's get into these. Okay. Uh, you found two of them, one from Pro Football Focus and one from CBS Sports. I, I don't know how you feel about either one of them because you're not a big advocate of trading down for the Arizona Cardinals out of three and not getting Will Anderson, unless you're trading to four and you can still get him. No, I don't like either one of these, but I'll let, let's go over them. Pro okay. Football Focus, NFL Mock Draft, the Lions trade up to three, and they take Anthony Richardson, the quarterback out of Florida. And then the Cardinals drop to six, and they end up with Tyree Wilson. A lot of people think he's one of the, probably the second best edge rusher, but the kid out of Texas Tech. So they move down, they get, you know, they get, uh, here's what Detroit sends number six, 48, 81, and a 2024 first rounder and 2024 fourth rounder you don't for like the number that. three pick. And you don't like that. I mean, I don't hate it. Oh, I don't boy. hate it. So you're getting a sick. You're getting a. You're getting a first round pick this year. A first round pick next year. A second round pick this year. A fourth rounder next year, and I think that would be a third, third rounder this year. You're getting so a first, second, and third this year, a first and a fourth next year. All the move down three spots. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. I I, I don't know I don't, how you wouldn't like that. That's a lot. Like I can't imagine that that would work, but that's a lot. That's a lot to give up. Detroit moving up to go get that quarterback. That would mean that they they like Goff, but they want to go get themselves a young guy, and they're giving up a hell of a lot to go get it. Like I said, I I want the Cardinals to stay where they are and get Anderson. But you know, look. Even I would admit that's a lot to go to go up and for Detroit to go up three spots. They're giving up a lot to go get that I quarterback. About the minute you hit send on that email, I looked at that and thought, man, if he doesn't like this, I I, I don't hate it. It's just I don't it's hate a it. Gob of stuff that you're getting. No, to move down a first, three second, spots. a third, a first, and a fourth. I mean, that's five players for one, and you're moving down three spots. You still get yourself an edge rusher in Tyree Wilson. That's that's a lot. The other one. Oh, wait, hold on. Before you move on to the other one, okay, should we play a draft pro- profile from Tyree Wilson? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah can, can we, we guess? This? Have we done uh, yeah. this yet? Uh, old crew. I don't believe we've heard Tyree Wilson's yet. The old crew, the original crew, the OGs did this. So it's either Eric Ruby, Aaron Maloney, Mitch Vareldis, or Sarah Cazell who voiced this one. Sarah. Eric. Tyree Wilson, Edge, Texas Tech. Versatility is the name of Wilson's game. He spent most of his time playing outside linebacker while at Texas Tech, leading the Red Raiders in sacks despite an injury-shortened season. But scouts project he will do better in the NFL as a defensive end. His massive wingspan is his signature physical attribute, paired with his six foot six, 275-pound frame. Scouts say there's room for improvement in his speed and agility, as he is not all that quick to change directions on the field, but they think he has what it takes to be an impact rotational player right away. NFL comp Ziggy Anza. I like this game that we play. Yeah, it's like it's like concentration. Yes, you know that game with the cards, right? Where you so now the key is remembering. Sarah Cazell, Tyree Wilson, Sarah Cazell, Tyree Wilson, right? So the next time that's it like comes It's like the memory out, game. Yeah, that's what I said, the concentration. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, like, like they play at the... Diamondbacks. Chase Field, the Diamondbacks yeah. games, and they always get it wrong. 
The person playing the concentration game at Chase Field, and they always get booed every single time because they can't go through the 16 cards fast enough. I just can't concentrate with D12 bumping in the background. That's my struggle. <laughs> See, now that to me, that jam was not this. I was able to listen to every word. It wasn't like um, we were playing hella good from uh, <laughs> from No Doubt last week where I just couldn't hear a word the guy was saying because I was listening to the music. All right, go on right, to the other one. Let me go to the other one. Here's the other one. This is an NFL mock draft that was by CBS Sports. They got the Cardinals moving back twice. First, the Cardinals move from three to four, and that allows Will Levis to go to Indianapolis. And then the Raiders move up to four to take Anthony Richardson, the quarterback. Uh, The Cardinals move down to seven, and at seven... They say this, after trading back from number three to number four, and then again to seven, the Cardinals finally make a pick. Jalen Carter would have been under consideration at the original pick, but Arizona was able to pick up some additional draft capital capital to move along the rebuild. Jalen Carter, number seven overall to the Cardinals. You, want to, you, you picked the last one. What's the new crew or old crew? Old crew. Eric, old crew. Aaron, Mitch, or Sarah? Mitch. I think it's Mitch, too. Jalen Carter, defensive tackle, Georgia. You've guy. probably heard the name Jalen Carter for uh, many right. reasons this draft season. The six foot three, three hundred and fourteen pound defensive tackle out of Georgia has been at the center of media attention after being arrested on misdemeanor charges for his alleged involvement in a deadly car accident. While final details on the case are yet to come out, and Carter stating he will be fully exonerated when they do, the former projected number one overall pick will still bring the power, quick first step and violent hands that helped him lead the Georgia Bulldogs to the fewest rushing yards allowed per game in 2022. Oh, and also their second national championship in as many years. NFL comparison, Titans defensive lineman and two-time All-Pro second teamer Jeffrey Simmons. The one thing I'll say about the CBS mock real quick before we take it to a break, they do not say what the Cardinals would get in their two trades, so we're not sure what the package would be for them to move down. You can text us your thoughts on the FanDuel text line at 626 20 right now when we come back the Suns got some relief in the Western Conference over the weekend beyond just their thank goodness they won game on Saturday night against Philly we'll tell you all about it next on Burns and Gambo Burns and Gambo afternoons on Arizona sports the local sports leader all right real quick want to do our friends on the morning show a favor they uh, we were just alerted to the fact that they are going to have Charles Barkley on the show tomorrow at oh. Oh, nice. Nice. So I'm sure, like lighter fluid to an open flame, I'm sure Charles Barkley will have much more to say about Kevin Durant tomorrow. I'm sure. I I would expect some ignition tomorrow. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) There hasn't been enough already. 745 tomorrow on the Bickley Murata show. Uh, Charles Barkley will be a special guest. Looking forward to doing that. Yeah, see what he has to say about that. Why is he so sensitive? (laughs) Come on. Why is KD so sensitive? It's tough. You know what? You can be as sensitive as you want to be as long as you bring the Phoenix Suns championship this year next year. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I yeah. don't care. I honestly you could you can you can hate me for something I say about you on the show, and I won't care as long as you bring a championship to the Suns. I really won't. You can hate me for the rest of your life. You can punch him in the face. Well, don't he'll take I, you'll take physical that. violence, but but mm. you go ahead. I mean, you know, you Something I say bothers you, do it as long as you win a championship. That's you already said about. you'd get the tattoo if they win. Would you let Kevin Durant punch you if the Suns win a championship this year? <laughs> 
I don't know. Do you think Kevin Durant punches that hard? No. Yeah, I think so. Maybe you think no, he couldn't even bench athlete hitting you. It's gonna hurt. So he couldn't even bench press his weight. Like back in like the comments. I'm not saying he's a boxer. I don't think he's gonna knock you out, I mean, Bernsey, but it's gonna hurt. I think look, I think if anybody squares you up and hits you in the jaw or between the eyes, it's probably gonna hurt no matter what. I'm not saying it's not gonna hurt. I'm just is it really gonna be, you know, like You won't be in the hospital. No, like honestly, like Gambo punching me, I mean, first of all, it's like right to HR. I mean, that's first and yeah, foremost. Exactly. Secondly, being a performer professional boxer, it's I don't want Gambo punching me. So like you I would rather he, have Kevin Durant punch you than Gambo. I think Gambo knows how to punch. Okay, fair enough. I there, is, there is a there is a way to punch. Oh, I, think, I, agree. I think Gambo knows Gambo. how to punch. There is a you. way to punch. I wouldn't I wouldn't want Gambo to punch me unless you know we're going to HR and then I'm suing Gambo. Mm. In which I, case, <laughs> that bill is yours. I like uh, right. I like um, violence. Yeah. That trip to Italy, Switzerland, Ireland is mine now, exactly. sucker. You're not going anywhere. Your villa becomes my That's villa. My villa. Uh, That's my villa now, baby. Villa Bernsey. Hasta la villa. I'll yeah. see you later. Out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I'll send you a picture. <laughs> of course, we would never resort to such things on this show. You know, it's it's not like we're it's not like we're that kind of show. Not at all. All right. So the NBA over the weekend, and probably even though it might have as little to do with the Suns as possible, the biggest thing that happened over the weekend again was the Mavs losing uh, and losing Ooh. to Charlotte, no less. They lost two times in three days yeah. to Charlotte Gimble. They're seven in thirteen since making the Kyrie trade. That thing looks like an unmitigated disaster from here. It does. I mean, it just Luke is frustrated. They, you know, three of their key players from last year are gone. You know, Spencer Dinwiddie is gone. Dorian Finney-Smith is gone. And then Brunson's gone. Jalen Brunson. Such a glue guy for that and team. And they didn't want to give him a max and have two guys under max and then they were, they, they were protecting themselves from having to put, give another max contract. So they were willing to let him go so that way they didn't have to spend that money. And then you get you know Kyrie Irving and you can almost make the argument that they would have better with Brunson than they would with Kyrie. You could make that argument. Yeah. So the Dallas Mavericks are a mess right now. Yeah. Just a mess. Yeah, they are. Now, there has been a reversal by the NBA. Yes, they rescinded the technical foul. Yeah, Luka was supposed to sit out tonight's game against Indiana because he's acquired 16 technical fouls. You get an automatic suspension when that happens. <laughs> a one-game suspension. They rescinded the technical foul. I, I don't know what they looked at or what they saw, but they took the technical away. So Luka's sitting at 15 now. Now, if he gets one more, he'll get suspended. But for now, he's okay. And for now, he can play. But for now, the Dallas Mavericks, they're not in. They are team number 11 in the NBA's Western Conference. They're one game back in the loss column from everybody else from, let's see, Minnesota's got 37 losses. The Pelicans have 37 losses. The Lakers have 38. Oklahoma City has 38. Lakers. Dallas has 39. Lakers lost with LeBron coming back. LeBron coming off the bench for only his second time in his career, lost to the Chicago Bulls. Did you see Pat Bev do the too small thing I to did. LeBron? I did. <laughs> I did. I, I, LeBron's I admire, too small. I, I admire the fact that he'll pull that crap on anybody. LeBron's too small. You're Pat Bev. Okay, that's cute. That's cute. Yeah, they lost uh, over the weekend with LeBron coming back. And the thing about that was weird about LeBron coming back is that nobody knew. Like, it was just, oh, yeah, he's back. 
just like, like it was a total surprise. Nobody knew that he was going to come back in the game over the weekend. He just was back all of a sudden, and yeah. that was that. Like There wasn't any real timeline offered. He claims the LeBron James of foot doctors got him back on the floor sooner than he would have been otherwise. The LeBron James of foot doctors. That's what he called it. The, I, I ta- He's I, got a good foot doctor. He, oh, do I have the sound of that? Oh, let me, I, you know, why should I play it? Why should I say it when I can play it? Did anyone ever suggest surgery? Yeah, two doctors. Why did you decide against it? Because I went to LeBron James' feet, and he told me I should. <laughs> the LeBron James of feet. Somewhere Rex Ryan is looking for that number right now. <laughs> you got any uh, photos you can show me of the feet you fixed? Hey, hey LeBron, I, uh, it's, it's Rex. Hey, you got that doctor's name? I'm just, yeah, just, just asking curious. for a friend. <laughs> Doc, listen, I'm thinking about coming to you, but do you have any, uh, can you show me some of the results of your work? Sorry. How you fixed the feet? That was such a, that was such a low blow. I just couldn't, I couldn't help myself at all. Uh, I couldn't. Some people have foot fetishes. Uh, some people do. Yeah, some people yeah. do. Uh, they lose 118 to 108. So now we look at them in the NBA standings, that even despite the loss right now as it stands for them, they are in the play-in tournament, but again, just barely right now. The L.A. Lakers are sitting in the ninth slot, so that's where they are. The other big news that happened over the weekend in the NBA happened on Saturday night when the L.A. Clippers lost to the Pelicans. Lost to the Pelicans at home. Blown out. And Kawhi Leonard got smacked in the face and had to leave the yep. game. It didn't come back in the fourth quarter. And I don't know if they would have brought him back in the fourth quarter anyway. Now they were getting killed. But suddenly, the, the Clippers look like they might be a little vulnerable right now. Yeah, I, I you know, I, we feared them for so long and then you just watch them play and you're like, geez, they're just not you know, very good. I mean you know, they're 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 at home uh, you know, before you know it it's 12 point deficit and then they're down by 18 and then you know, he, you know, Kawhi leaves for the locker room, four minutes left in the third quarter, gets elbowed in the face by Brandon Ingram, they don't bring him back out and the Clippers are sitting there and you just look at them, you, you, you know, you see all this talent and they spent all this money and they're paying all this money in luxury tax and you just wonder if that's a team that could even get out of the first round. Right? Right, right now, that's the Suns' opponent in the first round. It's the LA Clippers. 20 turnovers, 28 points off turnovers in that game. Now, t- to be fair, New Orleans just went crazy from nuts three. from three yeah. in that game. They were... They, they were um, 21 out of 34. 21, thank you. Yeah, I was looking for the number in my notes. 21 they, out of 34. They made 21 threes. They shot 62% from three and then Kawhi Lee because he gets smacked in the face. They've lost three of their last four games. So again, looking at the standings now, the new standings in in the West, the Clippers are one game behind the Suns still. They're in fifth. The Suns are in fourth. I'm looking at the loss column. The Clippers tonight host the same Chicago Bulls team that just beat the L.A. Lakers. I think the Clippers are that team where if you punch them in the face a couple of times, they back down. You think so? I think that's that that type of team. Not very tough. Not, not very... tough. No, I think they, they've got the talent, and if they can get ahead of you and hang with you, they're right there. But the second you punch them in the mouth and you get them down, you know, down 12, 15, 18, I think that, I, I think that they, they fold. One other result from the weekend that certainly has an impact on this Golden State losing at home. That was a shocker. To Minnesota, 99-96. I actually watched that game on NBA TV last night. The really? Quarter. Yeah, and, and it was shocking to see 
how bad Golden State was at the end of the game. I mean, they, they turnovers, live ball turnovers lead to the Carl Anthony Towns run out three, right? And then another turnover as the, the Warriors were trying to tie the game, get back into it. They were a mess at the end of the game on their home floor. It ended, I believe, an 11 game home win streak for the Golden State Warriors in that game against Carl Anthony Towns in Minnesota. That leaves Golden State two back in the loss column from the Suns in the Western. Yeah, Conference and I think games. I'd, you know, I think I'd rather play. The Clippers than the Warriors. But, you know, I mean, I don't know that the Warriors can win anything unless Wiggins comes back. He's missed 18 straight games and nobody knows why. He knows why, and I'm sure some of his teammates do. But he has missed 18 straight games for personal reason, and the Warriors have no timetable for when he may come back to the team. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, we have our final 26. Our biggest takeaways from the Diamondbacks opening day roster and the decisions made over the weekend. We'll tell you next on the Burns and Gambo show. And Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Get a little excited for baseball season. Oh, me too. Me Get too. A little excited. Well, my it. tickets for opening day. There you go. Yeah, just got my uh, got my bill in the mail. Uh, opening day for the Diamondbacks uh, coming up in a week and a half. They open the season on the road uh, in LA, and I can't. Where are they after their LA? Is it San Diego? I think, I can't remember, I have to go look, I'm not sure. This, this season's going to be totally different, and we'll get into some of the final roster decisions in a minute. The season's going to be very, very different, and I'm looking forward to seeing how different it is for two reasons. Number one, obviously the rule changes, which we've talked about, you know, kind of ad nauseum a little bit, the pitch clock. And the shift and, the, you know, all those rules and, and everything that's designed to speed up the game. I'm really curious to see what that feels like as a baseball fan watching these games and how much it improves the pace of the product and the action on the field. And number two, it's the unbalanced, the, the, the balanced the, schedule, yes. right? The, you don't play the Padres, Dodgers, and Giants as much as you oh, used to. The world does not it's, need 19 Colorado no. Rockies, Arizona Diamondbacks No, it game. certainly does not. It, does, it, it certainly does not. The, the world can move on from they something They really don't like even need one, so I'm to be look, honest with you. I'm looking forward to a schedule that's just a little more varied and a little more wide-ranging, and I'm curious to see how that impacts the product as a whole. Mostly, though, I'm encouraged about a Diamondbacks team that could be on the edge of the next great chapter of their history. I think right? so. Like, I think there's several... So you always say, what players on this team are going to be part of the next you know, good team? Like, we do that with everybody. How many you know, years ago, you'd look at the Suns. What players are going to be... Bob, probably just Devin Booker, you know when they when they had T.J. Warren and they had Dragon Bender and had all those players. Morris brought like who's going to be part of the next great Suns team? You're going to say Devin Booker. When you say who's going to be part of the next great Arizona Diamondback team, there's a lot of guys that are on this roster that could be part of that team. Well, a lot of their guys, Gabriel Moreno, could definitely be on that. Definitely, team. Um, Corbin Carroll could be on that team. Alex, Alex Thomas, Thomas could be on that team. Zach Gallen could be on that team. Maybe right? Cattell Marte. Ryan Nelson could be on that team. Maybe Maybe Cattell Marte. This is going to be a big year for Cattell. Cattell has, was asked by the organization to slim down, lose weight, and kind of redistribute where the weight was on his body in the hopes that it will lead to a season like he had a few years ago where he was putting up unbelievable numbers. Does that help? Does that work? Everyone says he looks spry and different and better and livelier in spring. Let's see how that transfers over because he's had a hard time staying healthy. He's been mm-hmm. kind of nagged by some issues the last couple of years. We'll see if... And we're not talking about a lot of weight here. I think it was, what, 10 pounds they yeah. had something to lose? Yeah, not a lot. Not, not a lot, lot, but just, you know, get your, body a little, get your body a little more defined. Yes. 
You know, so you can stay healthier, give yourself the ability to move a little bit quicker. Yep. You know, if, if you lose 10 pounds a little bit quicker. So I think it's a big year for him. But Nelson made the team and Jameson made the team. And you start to look at the players that they have. They've got a lot of, and there's a lot of guys still, you know, that like Andrew Jones, like they've still got a lot of guys that are going to come up through the system that are going to eventually be a part. Jordan Lawler, the Those shortstop. The Drew Jones and Jordan Lawler. Those guys are big time prospects for them, they big are. time prospects. So Brandon Fat, who did not make the roster. Like, he's might be their best pitching prospect. I'm extremely excited about the D-backs. I cannot wait for the season to start. I just purchased four tickets for opening day, and I'm looking forward to being out there. We'll be on the field that day, but I'm going to stay and watch the game because uh, I, I do think this team could push for a wild card spot. I really do. The decisions that came down over the weekend, and I'm reading from Nick Pecoro's story on AZ Central. Ryan Nelson has been named the fifth starter of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, he didn't have a great spring ERA, but quite frankly, neither did Dre Jameson. Uh, Ryan Nelson was about a seven and a half ERA over the Cactus League, but his last three results were better. Um, what what won him the job? Basically, Mike Hazen said it was kind of last year in the games that mattered last year. Ryan Nelson had an ERA of one and a half and three starts in the majors. So that it sounds like that, and combined with how he pitched towards the end of the spring, kind of got him the job. Kyle Lewis, the outfielder, also claimed a roster spot. Not a surprise. He beat out Paven Smith for a job, but Kyle Lewis had an amazing spring. He tore the cover off the ball all spring long, and it was good enough to get him a yeah. gig. Now we see how much he plays in the outfield when it comes time. Yeah, I mean, with Varsho out, I would imagine, you know, that he's going to be, you can play four outfielders a whole lot, you know, and Goriel can be a DH in times, and but I would imagine that you're going to find a way to get, you know, Kyle Lewis some opportunities here to, you know, to, to, to play and, and have have the at bats. Remember, this kid had a great you know rookie season with Seattle, and you know rookie of the year. And you know there's still a lot of belief. He's just battled so many injuries, but he's still only 27 years old. So there's a lot of belief that you know that that if you give him the opportunity, and I don't see any reason why he can't get 300 at bats with the Diamondbacks being the fourth outfielder. Yeah, I mean 28. Small sample size, but in the spring, three homers, three doubles, 11 RBIs, and just 28 at bats. It works out to a four. 29 batting average. Yeah. He was really, really good. Now, the move that was made was, and, and I'll be curious to see how they make this work. David Smith? No, Dre Jameson. Dre Jameson. Put him in the bullpen. Mm. And and yet, talking about wanting to keep him somewhat stretched out enough so that if they need him in the rotation later in the season, they can get him in the rotation later in the season. That's well, tricky when you're coming out of the bullpen. But you've got some guys who you got to worry about their ability to go deeper into the games, like Kyle Davies and even Madison Bumgarner. Oh, big time. You know, you trust Gallon, you trust Merrill Kelly, you know, but even Nelson, right? I mean, you've got your, your three, four, and five, you know, if those guys are you know, getting blown out in the third and fourth inning, that's where you may say, okay, I'm going to have you, you know, save my bullpen. I need a guy that could go three, four innings for me and take the pressure off the bullpen. That's where he could fit in. Yeah, plus uh, this is this being 2023 Major League Baseball being what it is, starters just don't go as deep in the games and certainly they don't go as deep early in the season but I mean even then most starters nowadays you get to the third time through a lineup and a lot of times that's when the hook comes out and sometimes that's only after four and two thirds innings five innings and yeah. you see the hook come out because a manager just does want to expose the starting pitcher to a lineup the third time it could be in those margins I think you're right where you see a lot of Dre Jameson now the only two things yet to be determined really 
are the final bullpen spot and backup catcher. And again, Nick Vaccaro doing great reporting about this over the weekend. The two relievers who are still left in camp are right-handers Ryan Hendricks and Carlos Vargas. There's just one catcher, backup catcher, left in catch uh, in camp behind Moreno. That's Jose Herrera. He was here last year, caught a good game, couldn't hit worth a lick. But even Mike Kazin said that there are still balls in the air in terms of possible external additions for the Diamondbacks, so that maybe their backup catcher is on, be on a different right team now. right Could now. Could be on a different team. Yeah, I mean, you try to see if somebody gets, you know, because now this is when everybody's making their final roster moves. Maybe a guy you like that doesn't make a roster, and maybe you can go get him. Yeah, perhaps. Diamondbacks are at Chase Field tonight. They're playing an exhibition game there against the Guardians. It's Mad Bum's final tune-up he before hasn't the pitched regular a whole season. lot in spring. No, he hasn't. I think he's done a lot of minor league stuff and, you know, B-field games and stuff on the back where we can't see. I, 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 he has has not pitched a whole lot. I did see where um, Merrill Kelly pitched over the weekend, and they got him to up like 60 pitches. And he said after the game that that I'm probably not going to be able to go very deep into the game for my first time out. opener, first time out, because my pitch count isn't quite with the World Baseball Classic. And said so he had no regrets. He'd do it all over again, but it wasn't quite where he needs to be with his arm. No, with the and the Diamondbacks do a really good job of monitoring that stuff to not put too much pressure on a pitcher. Yeah, so, I, look, I'm excited. I, I like the versatility they have now in their lineup. You know, it's not so some right-handed bats. lefty bat-oriented, right, where they can mix it up a little bit and not be so vulnerable uh, to to splits and platoons and things like that. I'm excited. I I don't know if they're there yet, but they're as close as they've been in a long time to being there. You know, like it it feels like they're knocking on the door of now. Maybe it happens this year. Maybe it happens next year. I think they're close. I'll say this. If they're not in contention for a wild card spot on August 1st, I'll be very disappointed. Okay. Okay. Within five games, within five games of a wild card spot on August first, that's reasonable. There is a lot going on in the world of sports today, so we're going to get you caught up on everything. Don't go anywhere. The four o'clock reset is next on the Burns and Gambo Show.